We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in to another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. I'm Jeff Goodman. He's Rob Hummel. We're both home, even though we uh, we did see each other in Portland. Uh, but you were busy. You were busy. You were grinding there. Uh, I know. Some of us have to work. We don't just get to party with the coaches and go to the casinos. And, you know, that's the life that you live. I don't no know casino that in Portland. I, no, I, was, I, know. I, was, I was talking about the Vegas trip pre-Portland for you. Yeah, I was in. I lost a lot of money at the Blackjack table. The Goodman family. <laughs> Lost a lot of money. At the, it wasn't just times. me. Yeah, I mean, the worst part is, I actually was like about even, but then every time I looked over, my daughter, uh, which I probably shouldn't admit, because uh, then I'm admitting she was playing blackjack at under 21, but uh, she was grabbing chips from me. So oh. it was, um, yeah, anyway. Hard times. Hard times in the Goodman family. You'll have to do 10 more years of podcasts now to support the gambling <laughs> losses from Vegas. God. That sucks for you because that means, yeah, because then I get dragged over. into it. I thought I was maybe going to be done when you're done. Maybe not. Wasn't this, I thought this was like a, a year by year deal for you, but we're going to try to lock you up long term. I, I am on a rolling contract, except the crazy thing is that last year I never extended or agreed. I just got I just got suckered into this again. Doesn't matter. You don't have a choice. You do not have a it choice. Make me do it. Um, Anyway, it's it's been a crazy week. I mean, after such a slow start to the season, Rob, um, we've had a lot of really good games. And, and yeah. we're recording Thursday afternoon, well, late morning, actually. And we got some more games tonight. I mean, Creighton, Texas tonight. Like, talk about a game that you'd love to be at. Um, that's one of them. You have um, Maryland, Illinois tomorrow. tomorrow. Yep. yep. It's going to be a great game. Uh, Baylor plays Gonzaga tomorrow, I believe, in, in Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. which should be a really interesting game. Uh, one that we thought would maybe, a, you know, they may be ranked a little higher. But let, let's start with the game of the night last night. And it was Carolina at Indiana in Bloomington. I did not go. I was planning on going, but I bailed on it because, frankly, I wanted my daughter to have a good time and not worry about me being in Bloomington and if she dad's, ru- out, dad's ruining everything. You never know. You know, like I thought back to it and I'm like, would I really want my parents there? <laughs> and then I thought and I'm like, hell no. Hell I mean, no. you could have just went to the game and not bothered her otherwise. 
No question. You're right. You're right. And I probably would have. Uh, and then I would have been sitting back at the hotel afterwards being like, what the hell? But That's true, you know, it is what it is. It yep. is what it is. So I didn't go. The atmosphere looked ridiculous. My daughter, who's been, as you know, to a lot of games over her, her life, she said that was by far the best atmosphere she's ever been to. I, I, that's not surprising. I mean, I've been in that building, whether it was as a recruit or as a player, and even as an announcer at times where it's like, this is as loud of a place as you will be in. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. I think Purdue's right there with it. Um, I think there's a couple other venues, Fog Allen for one, that you would say is comparable. But when, when there's a big game at Indiana, and I I visited for the, the Redick, Sheldon Williams, Josh McRoberts, Big Tenacity Challenge game, and I really? believe that have been 05. And I'll never forget uh, Marco Killingsworth, who was a good player, transferred from Auburn um, to come play for Mike Davis at Indiana. He got a dunk at the under-eight timeout, um, and it forced Duke to call a timeout to go to the media timeout. And I I was, like, in awe of the noise. Yeah. I'll never – it was like the roof was blowing off Assembly Hall. It really was. And I was just amazed at how loud it was in there for that. And then as a player, I saw it. Um, we played in my junior year. We were in the top ten. Indiana was still kind of rebuilding. And Jordan Holes made a three with, like, six to play to take the lead. And they were they were not good right. that season. And it was just like the, the arena was, like, shaking. And it was it was really unbelievable. It, it that's a that's a big time college basketball venue. As a fan, as a player, as a media member, I mean, whatever. It's just awesome. Like it's an awesome place to watch a college basketball game. Um, and they're was, so hungry for it right now, they, and they want it so bad after the last ten years, or you know, I guess even twenty years, you know, since they've been to the Final Four in in two thousand two. Um, so I. I'm not surprised it was that type of environment. I'm not surprised that Indiana played really well. I am surprised that Carolina looks the way that they do. They just look like they're out there playing pickup at times. And I don't mean that in like a scheme way or it's just, they don't look like it mean, it didn't look like it meant as much to Carolina last night as it meant to Indiana. That that's Which, the, and, Okay. So I'll push back on you and, and say like, all right, this Carolina team the reason they're not as interested and engaged is because they learned what they could do last year, that the regular season didn't mean shit. That, that's a dangerous game. Agreed. I, that's not the way that you should approach. And that's that's a good way to lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament, if that's the truth. And we don't know if it is. I mean, that's you you can't skate by and, and get an eight seed and be like, well, we'll just beat the one seed in the second game like they did with Baylor last year. That, that would be... That would be foolish, and I I hope for for Carolina's sake that's not what they're doing. Um, I've now seen them twice in person and watched the game last night. Um, I mean Caleb Love is just so up and down. I texted you after the the first game in Portland because you had said like we'll see how he plays, and I was like, well, he's he's balling. Well, <laughs> I'm just now against Portland, not not a great opponent, a solid opponent, right. and then I had him against Iowa State, and I mean he took a shot that. Is one of the worst shots I've ever seen in that game where he shot this floater. I took a video of it when I went back and watched the clip in the game. It was, I so it, was, bad. it was like 30 feet in the air. The ball leaves the screen like a rocket taking off from some launching pad. I mean, it's just like the ball is so out of the, the focus of the camera 
Who do you uh, blame this on? Who do you blame Caleb Love's freedom, his AU basketball persona? Because that it looks like he's playing AU ball out there yeah, a lot does. of times. It you know, didn't early last night. Early last night, he actually, I feel like he almost wanted to prove a point. Like, um, he banked one in early, and then he really didn't shoot again for a while. Yeah. And I wonder if he was, like, proving a point, like, you guys can't win without me being I, Dude, up. I don't know, though, because against Portland, he played the right way the entire game. He was phenomenal. Now, he made shots, too. He was, like, 9 of 11 from the yep. field. But he was, you know, when, when he came off the pick and roll in that game and he should pass, he passed. When he should shoot, he shot. I... You have to say it's on the coaching staff. I mean, they're the ones that are telling him what's a good shot, what's a bad shot, what do we need from you? And I know Hubert Davis told us the shoot rounds. I've challenged Caleb to lead the ACC in assists. And I, I mean, that's look, that's going to be a hard bargain with him. He's a scoring guard. I think, I think I'm not it's even sure I Davis. want him, Rob. I'm not well, even sure I want him to, to lead the. You need to. You need to be who you are. Like when you're a scorer and you're trying to lead the league in assists, which most games I watch him, I don't think that's what he's trying. Um, but that can be detrimental because that's not that's not what he's going to be. But of course, if you're Caleb Love and you're looking at this, you'd think, well, if I'm not a combo or a point, how am I going to play in the NBA at the next level? Because that's what they're going to make me be. Yes. But you have to be who you are at the end of the day. I think Hubert Davis walks a very fine line with with. Caleb Love in the sense that you need him to score like you made this run because he was on this incredible scoring heater last year making shots but at the same time that aggressiveness at times is too much and now you're you're taking awful shots you're you're jacking I mean the fact that he took 36 shots in the Alabama I know it was four overtimes but I don't know if I've ever seen anyone take 36 shots in a college game that's a wild number. I, I just and, think and you're, walking bad such shots, a, right. you're walking such a fine line of like you are out of control to we need you to score. Yeah. And on top of that, their bench gives them hardly nothing. I mean, DeMarco Dunn played 16 minutes last night, had five points. Puff Johnson plays. Trimble, eight minutes. Tyler Nickel, he got in for like seven seven seconds in Portland and just jacked a bad shot and got back cut and then never played again. He played 53 seconds last night. Yeah, I just don't know who to put the blame on because, again, I feel like a lot of this is on Hubert, and I love him. He's like the nicest human being in the world, but is he too positive? Because they got done with their third game out there in Portland. They go one and two, and they lose in four overtimes to Alabama, and he's talking about how proud he is of this team. And I'm for, like – For handling the expectations? Or oh, for their play? effort, for more of their effort. Right, I didn't, I didn't think that, and I didn't get to watch the Bama game because I was. It wasn't bad. Their I was doing our game, problem. but I, their effort was not the problem. Execution was the problem. They turned it over against Iowa State four times with Armando Baycott handling in the last four minutes of the game. Exec they, executing was the problem. It was the offensive execution on both ends was atrocious. But but again, for for Alabama, you understand it. Javon Quinterly's been back for two weeks. Brandon Miller's a freshman. This is a whole new team at Alabama. It is the same damn team, the same you know core guys, four of them at Carolina that basically almost won the national title. I'm not saying you got to pick up exactly where you left off, but you should be picking up closer to where you left off than where you were last November or December. And I think they're closer to the team. Listen, I left them in at 25 in my poll today. 
they probably shouldn't even be in. Yeah. I mean, the way they played, the only reason I'm leaving them in is because of what they did last year for the most part. Otherwise, there's no way they'd be in, in there. They're playing listless basketball. That's my biggest problem with them is they have no emotion. They, again, look like they've never played basketball together before. And that's an issue right now. I, I just think from watching them a little bit, they look like a team who's just been told all summer how, good how they amazing they were. And, I mean, think about from a Carolina perspective, if you're the team that you beat Mike Krzyzewski in his last game at Cameron. Then you make this incredible run to the Final Four, and you beat Mike Shashevsky in his last college game ever, and you end up coming at a few plays away from winning the national title. And I just think that that's what they look like. You know, all these coaches always talk about how you know the the clippings and whatnot. It can't hurt you if you don't read them, and you don't if you don't take the poison. Oh, they're reading them. They're if you don't drink it, it won't kill you. Right? Yeah. They are downing the poison. That's <laughs> what I would yeah. say. It's. I, it just looks like that, that from an outsider looking in and we're not there every day. We don't see the way that they practice or had individual workouts all summer or whatever. But to me, that's what it looks like. It looks like they've just been, they were crowned and now it's a harsh reality of like last year does not matter. Iowa state didn't give a shit that they were in the national championship game last year. Indiana last night didn't give a shit that they were in the national championship game last year. And Indiana played really well. I mean, they, they imposed their will on North Carolina. The defensive pressure had Carolina so pushed out, so outside of their comfort zone. I think Bill has said it on the broadcast. Carolina's played one-on-one the whole time, but it's because they've had to. Right. They can't right. get into their offense. No, um, it's a combination. A combination of bad offense by Carolina and Indiana is really, really good defense. They, just, they heat you up, and I love the way that they're playing in transition, especially with the fact that you've got, most of the time, five guys on the floor that can take it off the glass and push the tempo. Now, Trace yeah. Jackson Davis even can take rebounds and start the break. Xavier Johnson is as fast as anybody in the, in the Big Ten. And, you know, you get you get contributions from, from, from No, He's pushing the tempo too. Got off to a great start. I thought Trey Galloway played really, really well. Um, they just they're they're a good team. Indiana's a good basketball team. They are. I mean, the one thing I still worry about is can they shoot the basketball? Right? And, they but didn't have to last night to. because Carolina couldn't. The only thing that Indiana did that I thought really kept Carolina in the game was their fouling. You know, yeah. Carolina shot twenty-seven foul shots. That's something that you got to clean up if you're the yep. Hoosiers, but. It's gonna it's gonna be a really interesting test for them Saturday. They go to Rutgers, um, riding high off this win, and, and then they have Arizona coming up in Vegas. So this so is you, almost like a trap game a little. And, and to go into that place with a trap game, that's it's I gonna know be you love trap games. <laughs> yeah, I I thrived in trap games. What can I say? <laughs> um, I I just think that I I know the building's gonna be sold out. And Rutgers, that, that environment's going to be And now terrific. people are kissing Indiana's ass, Rob. Like, now, think of in Bloomington, and you've been there. You've been there at Purdue, right, when when you've had these big wins and you guys ascended to top five status. Everybody's kissing your ass, aren't they? Yeah, but I think that they, they've got an older group. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis has been through this. Xavier Johnson but they've never been a, through this. They've never I know, had but I, ass I kissing. Just, I agree, but until that happens – I, I'm not going to say that it, that's going to bother them. I, okay. It might, okay. 
but I think that it's unfair to say that, yeah, they're they're going to feel crowned. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm saying they, they got to deal with this now. They got to no deal with no something doubt. And that, that becomes different. And I think there's something to be said about learning how to win at the highest level in college basketball. Um, we'll see. We will see if, if this group is has the maturity to handle that type of win and now a really tough conference game sandwiched in between a massive showdown in Vegas with Arizona. I love Trace. I think if there's somebody that can handle it, I think he's pretty even keeled for the most part. I don't he know played, how vocal he, played he is. Terrific last night. He, he he he's so hard to guard because listen, the problem is okay. They get Carolina's got two pretty good big men who are who are five to me. Pete Nance is still a more five than four, and you've got Baycott who is banged up. He, hold on, he might be more five than four on offense, but do you think he's a five defensively? Well, I don't think he can guard fours. Yes, he can. I don't what know. What four man is he really? I mean, I don't know what he can guard. Dude, he's more four than five. I disagree. I, I, I don't disagree. know what he can guard out there. I mean, you think right him guarding Trace Jackson Davis with his back to the basket is he, better he, he than him, him than him he guarding Race Thompson on the perimeter? Yeah, I there's zero chance that he is better at that. It's I like last the, year at Northwestern. They played him at the five to get the offensive advantage. Right. But right. then teams would say, oh, well, we'll just guard him with one of our guards and guard our five. We'll, we'll guard Robbie Barron. He's not more five than four. I disagree. I, I just think it's hard to play him and Baycott together. It's sh- why? Nance can shoot. He can spread it. He can pass. Maybe he just gets bullied to me. I mean, he got bullied last night. But why last is he night- guarding? Why is he guarding Trace Jackson Davis? Well, Unless Baycott's Baycott in foul trouble or Baycott's right. injured. Baycott was injured. He was right. injured. Well, but even but that's not, if I'm looking at Carolina and I'm saying, what is the best defensive matchup? No brainer. Baycott would guard Trace Jackson Davis if yep. healthy and yep. not in foul trouble. And Pete Nance would guard uh, race. race Thompson. But, but, but a lot of teams don't have a race Thompson. All right. Well, okay. Purdue Mason Gillis. You want to put Pete Nance on Mason Gillis? Sure. Really? He's shooting. He's shooting threes. He plays hard. Pete, don't let him shoot the ball. Block out. All right. All right. All right. I, I want to see it. I don't think that there's any fours that are going to just expose him off the bounce. Like you don't have Blake Griffin. Yeah, out there playing the, the four team. for most college teams. Maybe not in the Big Ten. I mean, maybe if he's guarding Brandon Miller at Alabama. All right. Yeah, that would be not great. Right. Right. But yeah, there aren't there aren't as many in the Big Ten as there are athletic fours. Like in the SEC. That's fair. I mean, okay, take Kentucky. Who's playing the four for them? Jacob Toppin? Yes. Well, does that yes. terrify you? Does that strike fear? No, because he can't really score. So I wouldn't worry <laughs> like, about that. So who who is the the four man that is striking fear in the Pete heart Nance? of Pete Nance? All right. So what what before we, we flip over to Indiana completely? So how do you fix to me for Carolina? It's like you have three and a half guys who can score. You know, and and none of them right now look like they can score. Like Caleb Love's struggling. R.J. Davis looks like a shell of the player he was second half last year. Baycott's banged up, but even when he was healthy, he wasn't dominating. He wasn't getting, like, deep post position. Well, he hasn't done that at all. The, at the all. ceiling, everything looks so hard because he's, he's getting – he's posting up at, like, seven feet. Right. And now he's got to make a move instead of just ducking into the basket and yeah. turning and scoring the ball. I mean, I I don't know. I agree. Their offense looks like a shell of what it was. And I think that with the way that they've played, you need Caleb Love and R.J. Davis to ball. Right. 
Right. You really need those guys. He's one of them. At least yeah. one of them every game. Agreed. So that's where it's kind of a scary. It's not like they were making this run to the final four last year because they were executing this amazing half court offense. It was a lot of ball screens for RJ Davis, Caleb Love, and, and they Brady Maddox. Manic right. would take 10 threes a game and make 50% of them. And well, that was him. it too. Rob, Manic yeah, was much but... tougher. He was much tougher than Pete Nance also. I think, yeah, like from a rebounding standpoint and yes. from a toughness standpoint, you could you could make that case that he is the tougher player, and that's that's fair. Um, I mean, Pete Nance had 28 freaking points in a game in Portland. Like, he's not like a bum. No, 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 no. Pete Nance is almost – too nice a kid. He's a really talented. Yeah. He's a really talented player. I I don't know. I, I just feel like they had this mojo last year in the NCAA tournament, and they were they were playing in a way that, you know, with their guards when they get hot and when Mana gets hot, and with Baycott healthy, he was murdering people on the glass. Yep. He had 10 rebounds last night. He still had five offensive rebounds. Yeah, but he was um, – But he it, was it, hasn't, it hasn't been the same as last year where this dude's getting, like, you know, 20 board. He, he does have a game, actually, this year where he had 22 rebounds against, I think, James Madison. Um, but, yeah, I, that's what's tough because I think for them to be really good, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis have to ball out, and right now they're they're just not doing that. No, they're not. They're not. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. I've used it plenty of times in the past, and honestly, it's so easy, and uh, we've been able to get some pretty good people, really good people. Uh, Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash good. That's linkedin.com slash good to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so um, Indiana, national title contender, Rob. Yes or no? Mm, boy, I'm, I'm still waiting on the Big Ten to see if we have any national title contenders. I think Be Purdue careful. Indi- Be careful. Indiana- you know where your paycheck comes from. Part Purdue, of in- <laughs> Purdue's paying me? No, the Big Ten is paying oh. me. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I mean, Purdue to me, the the best three teams are Purdue, Indiana, Illinois. Not not in any order. I think those are the best three teams, though. Um national title contender. I'm gonna wait and see. I, I still want to wait and see um with what the coming week brings because they they're and not that they're gonna win every game in this stretch where you've got to go to Rutgers, you've got to play Arizona neutral floor, and you've got to go to Kansas. Um yeah. I'm not ready to crown anybody in the Big Ten yet as a national title contender, but I do think that I, even with their their lack of shooting from the perimeter, I still think the teams are going to be like, you know what, screw it, pack it in, yep. make 10 threes and beat us. And I have not, you know, we'll see when a good team does that, can they still win? Right. Um, right. I think that's, if I was playing Indiana, that's totally what I would do. Prove it. You know, Prove it that you can beat us from the outside. And they're going to see that. Um, so until I've seen that game, 
I'm not ready to say that, but I will say I have been extremely impressed with the Indiana defense, Indiana in transition, and honestly, Trace Jackson Davis. I, I just think that even though he's been a little banged up, the maturity that he's played with, he's playing like a guy who's been through it all and now understands that, you know, this is his time. And I just, I think that he's been really good. And they've done a nice job of, it's not just been posting him up with his back to the basket, you know, moving him around and, and letting him use his athleticism. Hey, Rob, you know a game? Uh, I'm praying you get this game. February 4th. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> so. Purdue and Indiana. We, we got to somehow get you on this game. We got we to gotta start the campaign. Well, um, because I Indiana would... fans will be, they'll, they'll probably be ruthless on you too. I mean, it'll be worth worth it. Uh, for me I, to I be think, there I don't hear the, the profanities they, they throw at you still. I'm not going to lie. I've been shocked that people have actually been nice to me when I've been there. Now that's a different animal on that day. Um, but I, I don't, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll be there. That'll be a Billis or Vital game. Yeah, I think so. I would think so too, but that'll be a hell of a game. I mean, February 4th at Indiana, Purdue in, in, in Bloomington. Uh, I think I'll be there. Uh, at least that's the plan now. Uh, so they because- ban you from the arena. Purdue, they might, they might. Uh, Purdue, man, I'll tell you what, I, I will, and and kind of hold me to this one. Remind me, never, ever, ever. And, and this was my rule. This you were my, being the biggest hater. Bo the biggest Ryan hater. rule. My Bo Ryan rule was no matter who Bo's got on his team, I'm going to put Wisconsin in the top 25 preseason, no matter who he's got. I made that rule with Matt Painter, and I broke that damn rule this year. Like, how I dumb mean, am I? And I tried to even tell you, and, and oh. it wasn't coming from me. I I told you, and we talked about it on the podcast, they are incredibly high on their freshman guards. Yeah. And I just feel like from knowing those guys, they would not say that if they didn't believe it. Um, and I think that Purdue staff is excellent at evaluating talent and yeah. evaluating talent that will Except work for, for, Except for them. Yeah. Except for me. So when you were like, well, they're guards. I mean, yeah. Braden Smith is a beast. I, I love him. Like Absolute he might be my favorite beast. player in the country right now. The way that he controls the tempo. And honestly, Purdue was dealt a pretty tough hand, I would say. You're coming off Portland. Yep. You killed Gonzaga. You killed Duke. And they didn't leave until 9 or 9.30 Portland time. Right. Flew they back to round. They, well, they had to. Yeah. There was a there was a big backup of all these private planes leaving portland i'm serious i was told this by one of the event uh people at, at yeah. pki teams couldn't leave afterwards immediately for most of them because there was what uh how many how many teams were there 16 men's teams eight women's teams yeah all flying different charters out of portland so they were having to stagger those alongside i think the commercial air traffic and Purdue didn't leave till nine thirty. It's not like they were like, "Let's see Portland for six hours." They they couldn't leave, so they got back probably at five a.m., four thirty-five a.m. Eastern. I assume had the day off and then flew to Florida State right. after practicing on one day and then went and played. And this and is they look like it early. They look like they it. look like it. But when they needed plays late, and Zach Eady was <laughs> phenomenal again. I mean, this dude seven. Seven straight Ken Palm MVP games. It's amazing. Uh, that's incredible. But their freshman guards between Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer made massive plays from like the nine and a half minute mark to like the seven minute mark to give them that push that really won the game. They got shit to them. 
Those two freshman guards got shit to him. You can try to tell you, Jeff, and you just yep. you just no, you did, you did. You Listen, you did. Him. Paint did. I, I just felt like point guard play is everything, and I was like, all right, this kid is is small. He's been out the better half of the last two years. He's not even he's not even available to play in the summer. He was hurt all summer. I know. Like Zach, I talked to Zach Eady about it, and I said, "What do you think of Braden?" And he was like, "Well, like I didn't know till September." Because I didn't see him on the court. So yeah. think and, and their whole team, as you know, was hurt in the summer. They had four or five guys out. So they weren't even able to do stuff when other teams were. So I just I was concerned. I was concerned about them coming out of the gates for sure. But now, man, now again, they're limited athletically. They're gonna lose some games here. They're gonna lose some games because there are gonna be some teams that are gonna be able to out athlete them and they're not gonna be able to guard. Some of the and they also don't have a guy you can just say, "Hey, go get a bucket." If if somehow you you you're able to kind of deny Zach Eady, which is easier said than done. I don't know how you deny him, but but you are at some point they're going to double him and make some of those other guys. I, I do think though that with Braden Smith in pick and roll, he, he's picked teams apart. I mean, I would think if you need a bucket from the perimeter, you go set a high ball screen for him. And let him, I mean, he can shoot it, he can get to the basket, and he makes the right play. The yes. pass he threw last night in the second half, where he was near the seminal logo, and he just whipped this thing, hooked it over his head, across the court. It was like a you're talking about like a 45-foot pass that he yes. just slung over his shoulder on a strike. And I, I think it was Caleb first. I think he had Caleb first right in the – I mean, it was an incredible pass. That's well, he, he gives it to guys. Not only does he see it, and this is what blew me away in Portland. You can see it, but – and you can you can even get it to a guy who's open. But he's not only doing that, he's getting it right where they need it. No, so there's I mean, no he, waste. He's a, he's a big-time passer. Yes. He's a really good player. I, I said it. Like, first game I saw him, I'm like, Bob Cousy, award finalist. Today. Today. Like, literally, there aren't – Five guards, point guards, I would take over that kid right yeah. now. And Again. think about it. I mean, think about the growth that he still has. Oh, he's, he's going to be. But he's so cerebral. Really, really he's good. Tough. He was like fronting Drew Timmy in the post. Yeah, he game. is tough. He is tough. I, I think that Purdue's depth, too, right now. I mean, they're playing 10 guys. I think you yeah. feel pretty good about putting in the game. Their um, second unit's good. Yeah, I think Brandon Newman is a guy that from the second unit can come off and, and Jenkins you know, get some score. shots. Jenkins didn't he only he only took one shot last night, but against Marquette, he was he made big time plays. You know, Coffin Wren can score on the basket. Um, Caleb First has had really good moments. They they have a good, they have a really good team. They have a really good team. And Zach Eady is the game changer. Yeah, he, and he is now the game changer for them because there's nobody. I was talking to Timmy about him, and and he just said he's like, he gets the ball in there. Yeah, what are you gonna do? He's huge. No, and and he could score from like in the past, it was just like dunk, right? Now no, he can score right or left hand. I mean, he's yeah, got, he's the hook got that hook that's unstoppable. I think too, defensively, he's made big strides in protecting the rim yes. and and helping their defense. Their defense is what is much better than last year's version. But of we know why. <laughs> well, they had they had some guys that would get yeah. a little lost last year. Yeah, they just weren't locked in. They yeah. weren't locked they, in. They, they, were, were they, just, they were a team that looked like even as much as Matt Painter was telling those dudes, they looked like they wanted to outscore you every game. And this year they've got, I mean, what, Duke didn't score for the last seven minutes of the game? 
Yeah. Um, they've been good defensively. It, the Indiana Purdue games this year are going to be off the chain in, in both so Mackey. So be great. They will be awesome. Yeah. I need to go to both of them. You should I, honestly, I need to go to both of them. It, it, it'll be if they if they sustain this, which again, I'm not sure. Purdue, though, if you look at their schedule now, I will say this they're gonna be number one because look at their schedule right now. Minnesota at home, Hofstra at home, at Nebraska, who stinks. Davidson and Indy, New Orleans at home, Florida AM at home, Rutgers at home. Then January 5th, they go to Ohio State. Like they should be undefeated going on January 4th. Dang, our team's record is in jeopardy. Of, I think we started 14 and 0. We could be, could be going is that down right? what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, their their schedule stinks coming uh, up. Yeah. You know, well, and, but they've they, earned it. They I have mean, they've earned it. Look at who played. they played. You beat Marquette, you right. you win the PK. And who knew you were getting a, a, a ravaged Florida State team in the that's, East? That's that's true too. You, you're thinking that's going to be a a big game, of a game, right? Yeah. You're thinking that's like. But that also, been... I mean, they played them freaking three times in a row in the Big Ten AC Challenge. I don't they know why they keep doing that. Why do they keep doing? Now it's over. Think... Now. Yeah, that's that's we'll talk. You're about sad, that. right? R.I.P. to to the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I know, and I what's sad about it is. I had just so many good memories of even before I played college basketball, watching it. Yeah. You know, I can remember watching Illinois and Wake Forest with the D Brown, Darren Williams team, and then just eviscerating Chris Paul's Wake Forest teams. Um, To me as a player, especially when I was at Purdue, the ACC along with the big East was like the gold standard of college basketball. Right. And the way to test yourself against the best was to play teams in those leagues. So the Big Ten AC Challenge, I remember the Big Ten had not won one until 2009. 2009, 2010 was the first year the Big Ten won. And at Media Day in 2009, I remember talking to other guys from other teams, and we talked about it. We got to win this thing this year. We came close the year before. Yeah. It, it literally meant something. It really did. Like we, Guys were talking about how we need to beat Good. the ACC. We never have beaten them. So that that was really cool, and then on top of that, you play in venues and in games th- that you would never play. I mean, I, I got to play at Little John Coliseum against Clemson. You know, Duke came to us yeah. in what was, I think, the most hyped up atmosphere that I ever saw at Purdue pregame. Now we didn't give them anything to cheer about after the fact. We, I think, lost by there? fourteen, but it was yeah. just it was a beatdown. But it taught us something. We were prepared the next year to beat a top 10 West Virginia team by 20 at home. We were prepared to go to Michigan State and win against a top 10 team, beat Tennessee neutral floor top 10 team. That game helped us. Like, I without without getting our asses kicked by Duke, that was the game where I looked at it as like, that's if you want to play at the highest level in the sport, that's how you have to play. That's the level and the intensity that you have to bring. I, I It was amazing to see Coach K bring that group with Shire and Gerald Henderson – and Nolan Smith and all those dudes in there, and they got that environment everywhere they went, so they had seen it. Right, you did. But to see the way that they were like, it's us against everybody else in here. The bunker mentality, and they kicked our ass. Yeah. I mean, it it was it was an unbelievable learning experience for our team. So I, I'm just sad that because of all the years of great games and a challenge that's gone on since the early 2000s, I I am sad. To see it go because I know how much it meant to the players in the league. 
Yeah, I mean, all these league deals now are, are going to be based on, on TV, right? I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to, these league challenges. I hope they they all continue. I hope they all – they're good for the sport just because they're they're prearranged games, right? Like, and they're, they're, they're at home venues, the that neutral too. site. That too, which is important, right? Like the neutral site games, as you and I saw in Portland, they're cool for us. For us, they're cool because we get to see – I mean that's yeah, and that's the coolest part about PKI. You can walk across the street and just watch. Oh, big, big so game. good! Like I tweeted at the end of it, I said I can't wait for for PK eighty six next year, and I wish there was going to be a yeah. PK eighty six because every year that would be. I mean, you get so much done. Think about it. I've now seen fifteen of the top twenty five teams in person already by going yep. to literally three events: champions. I guess four, if you count Gonzaga at Texas, but but champions Vegas PK eighty six eighty five, and I and I've seen basically two thirds of the best teams in the country already. So I I would love to have that, but yes, the home atmospheres, the challenges are good, not just because of the home atmospheres, Rob, because the coaches don't have control of of the you, you play who you play but on, on the flip side of that that's why we get purdue florida state freaking four times in a row right well, well that shouldn't happen that. ohio you gotta mix it up years you know espn's yeah, gotta mix it up a little bit and not have the same teams play each other there's no reason again now this year i mean if, if purdue had played um carolina like you know that would have been that would have yeah. been a good one i, I feel like it's gone more to what game will rate the best off of who gets the most viewership now compared yeah. to maybe when it started where it was like, okay, this is the best team in the league this year. They will play the best team in the ACC and right. that's how we'll do it. I think it's gone to more of brands. Uh, yeah. It's gone to more brands and everything like that. All right. Uh, speaking of a, a brand and we've talked about teams so far, Indiana, Purdue, by the way, um, I asked you Indiana national title contender. I'll ask you Purdue national title contender. I'm, I'm still, I'm Same. waiting to see on everybody Same in the Big Ten still. I'm, okay. I'm, not, okay. I'm not ready That's for fair. that. That's fair. Uh, Louisville, 0-7. National title contender? They're not national. <laughs> and they're not, they're, they're not. You don't uh, throw them in there? Man, you saw them. You saw I them did. against Maryland the other I day did. at the Yum Center. Yep. And it was an abomination. I it mean, was the worst. Game, Every game's been ugly. I mean, first three, at least, they lost by one point. Now, there were some bad games in there. Cincinnati has been their probably most aesthetically pleasing game. Down two at half, cut it to 10 with four to play, and then still lost by 20. Um, this this team right now um, and this program, they hire Kenny Payne, and he's a former player. A lot of the former players wanted Kenny Payne because they see what, what's going on everywhere else, right? Mike Woodson's doing well. Juwan Howard's doing well. All the programs are hiring their own. So they want one of their own now because Chris Mack, it didn't work out at the end, although I still say, like, you know, we forget what he did in the pandemic. They were they were a top 10-ish team and a three seed uh, yeah, and didn't have a chance to, to finish that out. And that could have changed the narrative with him. But anyway, they hire Kenny Payne, and number one, and you saw it. You saw it beautifully because you saw Maryland against Louisville. Well, it's like the two programs that are in the same spot yes. right next to each other. Literally. Both both coaches quit on their teams a year ago, Mark Turgeon and Chris Mack. They did. They both, they both quit midway through the year. 
right? I mean, you're yeah, laughing, yeah. but I it's mean, true. No, I just, yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's and, fair. I mean, they were no longer coaching their teams. So, correct. Yeah, and fair. both teams were kind of a disaster at that point. Both teams were mediocre the rest of the year. If if you want to even, that's being generous. And you hired two new coaches, Kevin Willard at Maryland, Kenny Payne at Louisville. Most people. Um... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Felt like, like okay, they both had some talent, but but the culture wasn't great either place at that point. What are they going to do? Well, Kevin Willard goes to the portal and gets a couple of, of, of veteran guards. Uh, Jameer Young. That, from that are great fits and D.C. kids. Right. Don I mean, so that's, like, that's knocking it out of the park. You know, yes. Don Carey is a 38% career three-point shooter who's played at a couple different schools but has fit in really well. And Jameer Young is good. Good. He played good. great at Louisville. Yep. Um, was he in your top – I think he was 24. I looked it up. I looked up a couple different of the transfer portal rankings. You had him 24th. Did I? Some I of the places didn't even have him in the top 50. I mean, yeah. and he he really scored it at Charlotte. He's three times all-conference USA. I think he averaged 18 as a sophomore, 19 as a junior. So he was a, a scorer that's now – I thought he did a phenomenal job and has done a really nice job of running the show. Yep. But yep. Kevin Willard oh, got big-time buy-in from Hakeem Hart. Yeah. And Julian Reese yep. and Dante Scott. I mean, Dante Scott looks like a different player. He's lost 25 pounds. And Kevin Willard told us a great story that um, in the offseason, he was working him out and he made him wear a 25 pound weight vest. Really? And after 10 minutes, Dante Scott was like, I I can't continue to do this. <laughs> and Kevin Willard was like, Well, you know, think about after the workout. He said, Think about how much better you felt losing the 25 pounds. And he said a light bulb just just went off in his his mind, and he he's gotten in shape, he's eaten better, he's done a better job workout wise, and he's playing like an all conference player. He's been awesome. Now and Louisville, then you look at the flip side, right? You look at the Louisville, flip side. In fairness yeah. to them, and I yeah. think their fans probably don't want to hear this, but there's no way you can go to the portal with the NCAA's investigation hanging over your head. And I disagree. Any, how can you convince a one or two year player? To come when you could maybe have a postseason ban, but like it's been hanging over their head for five years. I know people. I know, but out. what player would be like? Yeah, I'll transfer it for a year. Oh, I can't play in the NCAA tournament. Who cares? Yeah, but Who's but like that? they got Carly Jones a few years ago. Now people will say, well, they were, they were further away then. I, the punishment I get could it. have come down, and that could have been it. Think about those Oklahoma State kids. 
Yeah, but they, they but got totally the ones in the NCAA tournament. I guess you're rolling the dice, but you're you're getting a mid-major point guard, Rob. I'm not no, saying you're going to get the fair. best that, player that in the fair. portal. You're you not going have, after even. You cannot Jamir. have two guards, and one of them being Master P's son. As that's a all I'm saying is you couldn't get a, a point guard who is at the tail end of my top hundred. You couldn't get that's, two that's of those fair. guys. That's fair, but I do think the challenge of getting a guy for one year when he's like. I can't even go to the NCAA. I might not be able to go to the NCAA tournament. And I'm watching the way they've hammered certain schools. And Louisville was probably they as high one profile. School. They hammered oh, yeah. one school. Oklahoma State. That's it. Everybody else got up with nothing. I know. But, you, Louisville but that, already did. because they hammered Oklahoma State, if you're looking at places and Louisville with the scandals that they've had, you'd think they'd get it way worse than Oklahoma State. I, I get it. I, I agree with you. But that has to be taken into consideration too. All right, but that, but it is fine. fair to say that you've got to you can't have L. Ellis, who's a scoring guard, playing the point, and no one else. No at this one. point, if I was the Kenny Payne, is Master P's kid. If I was Kenny Payne now, I, I would honestly be like, you know what? Whether it's Fabio Basili or yeah. it's or it's uh, Master P's son, Hersey Miller, I'd play L. Ellis off the ball and just be like, we'll see. Try hey, something else. I mean, I. He's not uh, a point guard. Day Day Grant transferred from Miami of Ohio and is now lighting it up for Duquesne. He's averaging 20 a game. You're yeah, telling no, that, me Day Day Grant wouldn't have been awesome again, even as a third guard. Um, he's no, not that, necessarily a that point. is that is totally fair to say. That is right? totally fair to say. Like I'm looking at other guys at the back end of, of, of this. Um who, you know, for for point guards, uh I don't even know who who they have here towards the end for me, who I had towards the bottom of this. But I mean, Justin Powell is playing the point at Washington State right now. He transferred from Tennessee. He averaged three point seven points last year at Tennessee. You couldn't have got him from Washington State. No, no, no. That that is, I agree with you on that. So, like, the really, the real concerning thing though for Louisville is that I think when coaches have taken over, regardless of who they have on their team, even if their team is bad. You still see them compete. You still see them execute. They might not make the shots, but they they do what the coaches are asking, and they take care of the basketball. Those are things that are very controllable. Yeah. And regardless of how good of a player or team you are, they don't do any of those things. They I they don't worry. they don't compete. No. They turn no. it over like the ball is literally. They don't lit have a point fire. guard. Like the they don't ball, have a point guard. The ball is lit on fire in their players' hands, and they have to just get rid of it. It's insane. It's they turn it over game. like it's it's yeah. unbelievable to me. And then I, I know for a fact, because I went to their shoot-around, the carryover of what they were trying to do defensively was not high. I mean, they were trying to, at one point, Maryland runs a lot of roll and replace. A lot of roll Julian Reese replace with Dante Scott raising behind. And they were going to scissor it where the weak side defender – because Dante Scott's man has got to stay with the roller of Julian Reese, you have that fifth player on the weak side. He's going to switch and or scissor or X to Dante Scott. And as soon as the big man gets back, the guy who was initially guarding Scott is going to get out to the weak side player. <laughs> they <laughs> ran it at times. Oh my God. I mean, it was just like, it was like they never talked about it. And I watched Danny Manning and Kenny Payne. They went over it. They drilled it. They went through it. The carryover was zero. They had zero carryover. Well, listen uh, again. I think there's there's a there's a combination of blame here. Um, 
Love Chris Mack, but he didn't leave him with a ton. We know that. Right. Kenny yeah. Payne, though, in the in the era of the portal, should have been able to figure it out and get some guards in there. Did not. And now Kenny Payne's missing on, you know, he, he hired DJ Wagner's grandfather, and he missed on DJ to Calipari in Kentucky. Uh, when, to be honest, he probably should have gotten him because he, he's got what DJ Wagner should want other than their the opportunity. But who, uh, but who, well, if you're an elite player, does it, I would think it would yeah. concern you being like, well, I want to play in the NCAA tournament. Kentucky guarantees that. Louisville is a did disaster. Mar How much did Markel Fultz care? Ben Simmons care? Like, like yes, I, I agree. They fair. should. They should care. Right. And DJ Wagner. And also, it would it would not be fun to be an elite player and be surrounded by not great players. But he like, didn't know that when he committed, how bad they, they were going to be. That's, he didn't no, know. I, I agreed. But I you wouldn't want to go to a place where the cup board is totally bare. You'd want somebody around you that can also yes. make some plays. Opportunity, yes. But who else is coming with me to, to help me so I'm not getting quadruple teamed? How much do you now worry? Because I do whether Kenny Payne was the right hire. I, I I'm already I was worried when they hired him, to be honest. I was. I, I just felt like, you know, that's a high level. Some assistants have been able to do it. Um, Tommy Lloyd's been able to do it uh at, at Arizona, but I think that's more rare than anything. I think you you'd rather have a guy. Uh, go and, and coach at a lower level, a low major, mid-major before he takes over a program like this with a lot going against them right away. I, I think this was a lot. And and the staff a little bit, like Danny Manning's a great dude, but I don't know how much he's going to be able to recruit at a high level. They brought Josh Jamison in. He was the ops guy at Oregon. He's now on the road. And then you've got Nolan Smith, who I think is going to be a star. But, like, this is putting a lot on his plate. And, oh, by the way, Kenny Payne, your biggest, uh, your biggest kind of the, the the thing that helped you the most over the years was Nike. Now you don't have Nike anymore. You're in Adidas school. Correct. Yeah, I am concerned. <clears throat> well, let me start with. I think that Louisville is going to have advantages nil wise. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Eventually, they better. Yes. Right. I mean, they have a lot of. They have plenty of money. Yes. They they're a massive brand. Yes. But I am concerned because of some of the mistakes that I saw where, like, you can still have a bad team and not do things that make you shake your head. Like, what are they doing? And that play is hard, where I'm, too. Play hard. And play hard and compete. And right. I just think from watching them in Maui and then watching them against Maryland, the second things go bad, well, next game. Like, that's, that's yeah. really the feel there where they have just kind of melted at the first sign of adversity. Um, and, and, Again, the roster construction is really poor um, from the last staff and then also from the not addressing it in the portal um, with anybody, whether they were a top guard or, like you said, a, the 100th guy on your list. But I am concerned because they just – they are a mess on offense and they don't do what they're supposed to do on defense. So that's where th – they could do those things if they are being coached you know, up and right now they're they're not being coached up. Here's another name for you that they probably could have gotten. Michi Johnson. He went to South Carolina. They stink. Right? Like you're telling me Louisville couldn't have gotten Michi Johnson and said, Hey, we got 30 minutes on the table for you. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I do think for players they they would be concerned about the postseason ban. But yes, I do think that they Is South Carolina going to the postseason rep? 
Well, maybe he was like, I'm the Is there any chance? Them. Maybe Michi Johnson was like, I'm the dude that puts them over yeah, well, top. Then Michi's um, uh, got to look in the mirror a little bit. Well, what player is not delusional about how good they are? Every every one of us is. Everyone very thinks true. they're better than they are. That's why you're Very, there. very true. All right. Well, listen, um, I got to go back because uh, I got some uh, uh, Bad Bunny to watch now. Or listen to Bad Bunny. You need, you need to go back and watch Pete Nance guard some fours and figure out that it's not that freaking hard. Some of them, you're probably right. You're probably right. I'm probably. I, I guess Pete Nance guarding anybody right now scares me. That that's been the problem. I don't think it's that. They have bigger problems than that. They do have bigger problems than that. They do. That's not in their top five of problems. What's number one? You're scapegoating Pete Nance's defense for why Carolina's not. What's number good. one? If you had to say the number one issue for Carolina right now, if you're Hubert Davis and you've got to address, what is it? Um, I mean, I think it's, I think it's their, I think it's Caleb Love, honestly. I, well, I see you've come around. You've come around. <laughs> I, mean, I think that the just getting him to play at a higher level yeah. and always playing the right, the right way. way playing the right way yes but also they're not rebounding the way they were last year they were a beast on the glass and they they have not been they have not been that the league it starts with caleb love it starts with him and if he plays well they have a chance every single game i mean look at leaky black's numbers last night no points three rebounds one assist over two 30 minutes awful gotta give you more i mean he has to and he did last year but they're the type of team, too, right? Like, they've got to get stuff in transition. That's what Carolina's been about forever. And Lee not- Black is a guy that does run. He can yeah. get up and down the court. you got to find him in transition. But it also means you got to rebound and push. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. I, I just – offensive rebounding-wise, they are a shell of what they were last year. But again, They would I- get you on the glass. And Linky Black was a good offensive rebounder. I mean, he he had one offensive. His numbers for the year are so down in terms of getting to the offensive glass. And let's not act like they haven't had opportunity. I didn't see getting them up. Hey, the only the only person I saw smile from the Carolina program (laughs) in Portland was Hubert Davis. Like he's legitimately the pressure has just yeah. And Hubert Hubert again. I love his positivity. I I really do. I mean, I wish I was more like Hubert Davis. Um, but, <laughs> Instead, you're you. Jeez. But 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 I don't listen. I wouldn't want to be positive right now. Like if I'm Hubert, at some point, now maybe he's going to do what he did last year, whatever he did last year, to try to get these guys. Yeah, but if you could bottle that and just do it yearly, I mean, you'd be a freaking bazillionaire. That's that's just. That's a little bit of luck, a, a little bit of coaching, yes. the light bulb going on, the right group of guys, that's right. and, and catching fire. But, I mean, you can't just be like, well, let's just do what we did last year. We'll be good. That's, right. that's not nope. – They got to figure something else out. It's like our podcast, you know, when it was – it was it was a little bit hurting early. I had to change it up a little bit. You weren't, okay. you weren't coming to the table with any emotion. Hey, what, what did passion. Roger Ayers – what did Roger Ayers come and tell me at, at the <laughs> in the pregame of Louisville, Maryland? I love Roger. Roger's Roger goes, you carry Goodman on the pod. And I said, Roger, <laughs> you're one of the elite officials in all of college basketball. Let's go. Roger's the best. He, he asks about my, my daughter every time he sees me. Uh, one of the best human beings out there and, and one of the best officials. Well, yeah. he knows that you are, to me, as like <laughs> Dean Smith was to MJ. Just hold like me back in the pod game. Probably true. Probably true. So, all right, we'll see you next week. Uh, Goodman and Hummel pod. 
Uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow us. Uh, make sure you, what else? Subscribe to The Daily, which Rob does. Yeah, I do. And I honestly, I've been, I've been religious about reading it. It's a really good three-minute synopsis of everything that happened the night before. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. We'll see you next week.